but that brings us to a, a fun point. Can we, can we, I want to talk it. about, I really, really, really want to ask you uh, your oh, opinion. Yeah, yeah you know exactly ask. what's going to happen. I know what's coming. Is it okay? Yeah. Please, yeah. Okay, because I, find, I found this to be utterly fascinating. Now how many kids do you have? I know I, how many we have, have the, uh, I have a 15 year old daughter, mm -hmm. Geneva. I have my 13 year old son, mm -hmm. Ezra, and then my 11 year old Judah. Yeah. So, and you guys do a lot together. So you travel the world together almost yeah. every time I see you. Well, for, so what we did was for, we've been doing full-time, we were doing full-time travel for 12 years, mm -hmm. right? So before that we had a house of prayer and we had a church. And mm -hmm. so, um, we did like a little few things, but nothing really. But once we did stuff with Jesus culture, then we were like traveling a ton. My marriage right. fell apart because I was a worker. Alcoholic. Still am. I'm. It's okay. I'm getting. Help. I'm getting help. Yet. I'm getting help now. Who's okay? I have. Help. I have help. You know. Okay. So that's. Re I think some of those things are just your. It, it, everything has a dualistic side. Like yeah. everything has a you know yeah. sort of a shadow side. And if and the shadow side, the sort of thorn in the flesh piece, allows you to stay completely humble and know that you need people around you to keep right. you accountable. And I right. think this is an area where I could fill my schedule. I could. I could run hard and call all of it Jesus, but I still, I have to have that balance. So when our, after our marriage fell apart, there was this few years of like, um, oh, oh, what do we do? And yeah. I have to take these because this is my job. And then what the Lord ended up doing was like, I think about five years ago, it was like, well, do you want a band or do you want your family? Right. And I was like, oh, I guess I could take either one. Like I'm still paying for people to go. Yeah. Like, all right, late, the band's done. And then we just traveled for the last four or five years, just everywhere as a family. Now, the last couple that I've watched, and I'm, I mean, I watch you guys everywhere yeah. you go, whether we talk or not, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm always watching. We always insist on yeah. each other. I'm always watching you. <laughs> you seem like, it seems like you're going everywhere with your with your wife and kids. Mm -hmm. And uh, for those who don't know, you have a daughter who is in a wheelchair. Yeah, so that's always makes traveling interesting. Yeah, I can't, like I have a hard time traveling with my three. Uh, <laughs> And we're pretty mobile. Right. I can't even imagine what that looks like. like yeah. Like it is. So this all switched. It was so crazy, man. Like I have a million stories about this stuff, but it's like, so we, we basically realized like you, we can only run at the pace of Geneva because we can't outpace our own kids. Right. Like we can't do that or we're going to leave them behind. Right. And our daughter has special needs. She has cerebral palsy, so she does not walk. Um, she just started a special needs class this year. So it's very focused, awesome. which is actually awesome for her and heartbreaking for us. It's like a hot mess for us. We cried for like three days. Cause what you'd have to realize is like, there's just certain things that you, you kind of like hope that your kids are going to do and realizing, so a psychiatrist years and years ago, we were, you know, getting help and, um, the, they told us they're like, it's actually easier to lose a child once because you're going to lose every version of this child that you think you're supposed to have as she grows up. And so every couple years, it's like this new death of like, wow, like there's a version of you that I won't get. And I can either reject that mm. or love you more and go deeper into that, which I'm not saying I do well all the time or right. we do well. It like this year was really painful because it was like, whoa, like this is actually where you belong. These are actually your peers. This is actually what help you need. And I can't do any, I have reached, we've reached our peak, you mm -hmm. know, and this is mostly Nikki. I mean, I, we, I want to like, make sure she gets inducted into sainthood by the time yeah. this is over. Cause I'm like, I, I don't know what, like, I don't, I can't even fathom what she's experiencing when like, 
there's half the stuff I can't even do because she's Geneva's like a small woman at this point. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. I can't be involved in certain parts. I could be even, I can't help anymore in right. very specific areas. And so point being is with traveling, Geneva had it on her heart. Like, oh, you have to remember that our entire story, I, I'm only sitting at this table because Geneva's legs didn't work. Right. Like if not, I would still be in Southern California working at a church. I had a right. very great church job, growing church, young church, beautiful. And when Geneva got diagnosed, it shifted. It, the trajectory of our entire life changed. Like I was like, okay, God, either you suck or you're awesome, which we've talked about a bunch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like going, my point is, is since she was five, she had this desire to go to Paris. So that's actually where this all ended up getting sparked. Cause I was like, yeah, 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 Paris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I don't have a church there that I'm connected to. You know what I mean? And because all my travel is based around not a vacation. It's based around like, okay, I'm right. getting these spots and we take a day off or have a couple days here. Right. And I was like, all of a sudden it was like, why are we not doing this? Like, why are we not fulfilling the dreams of our children's hearts at a young age where it will impact the fact that they believe God for anything? Like literally anything's possible. Yeah. And so we just jumped way off the we just, at that point with the family, we just jumped way off the rails, way off the rails to where I'm spending. I mean, we would show up, I mean, just numbers wise. I mean, for people to understand concept, it's like, you're, you're, you, you know, you're driving. Yeah, now yeah. all of a sudden you're like $25,000 mm-hmm. cost up front to go hotels, travel flights, it's all outrageous. of it. And we don't charge anything. Right. So in Europe, that's even more risky. <laughs> yes. No, it's true. <laughs> and we don't have any product. It's like, right. we have like digital CDs. So we're like throwing ourselves way out there and going like, and I'll never forget Geneva sitting under the Eiffel tower. Mm-hmm. And I was like, <laughs> we win like, Hey world, like right. we could go have to like move into a one bedroom apartment after this. And we win right? because our kids fully believe like she, and the crazier part is, which I don't, we shared, have we shared a ton of, but like she's sitting under the Eiffel tower and she's, she's like, she doesn't have the ability to process information the way that we do. So she's sitting under the Eiffel Tower and she gets caught in loops, like little loops. And so she'll be like, it's so big. Like, it's so big. That's like all she could get out emotionally. That's mm-hmm. as far as she could go. Here's what's crazy. Ezra at that point, because this is now four years ago, right. five years ago. So, you know, he's all of 11 or, you know, 10, you know, or nine, whatever. And I'm like, mm-hmm. whenever we were there. And um, he starts uncontrollably sobbing cannot stop hugging Geneva <laughs> really? and cannot stop crying. I have pictures and video of it. Cause I was like, oh my God, this is what intercession looks like. Yeah. Like he started carrying yeah. the emotional response that would have been appropriate for Geneva. Yeah. This is her, this is what she's been wanting since she was three, wow. four, five years old. That's awesome. And Ezra is sobbing over her and won't let go of her. Come on. And I'm like, oh, this is what family is supposed to do. <laughs> And you guys you know? toured and you spoke on family. Like that was, that's been a massive message that's come out of you and your wife. Yeah. For this last, I mean, three years I've seen it, you know. Yeah, very strategic yeah. and intentional for the last few years. What, what's the fruit that you've seen from Oh, from dude, the that? testimonies are insane. So like, um, remember that this got birthed out of our marriage falling apart because I was mm-hmm. a workaholic mm-hmm. and I'm like gone all the time. So Chris Valentin sat us down. Right. Nikki falls apart. Right. He's like, what the heck? This isn't a marriage, but I'm not leaving you because right. that's not what we do, but you suck in yeah. about all these ways. And I'm like, oh my God, you're right. I do suck in all these ways. Yeah. Like it was so eye-opening for me because I'm like, because you know, in this world, especially in ministry, when yeah. you're like the man of God, everyone just wants to pat your butt and stroke your ego. Yeah. I'm, I'm just trying to be as real as possible, but it's like, it's very rare that you come across someone who genuinely loves you. Right. Who's like, hey, 
<laughs> you're missing a few things. Yeah. yeah. And so when your wife, I'm like in this room with Chris Valentin mm -hmm. and he's like, yeah, dog, you do suck. You know what I mean? And I'm yeah. like, okay, so we're all in agreement here. I have something to learn. Well, what happened was then we start sharing it in these green rooms. We're like, dude, yeah, our marriage fell apart. It was crazy. And everyone's like, oh, that's so nuts. Right. Oh, that's crazy. Can we talk to you afterwards? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like, oh, we're not the only ones. Right. So then strategically, we're like, well, let's start sharing. And the fruit of that mm -hmm. has been behind the scenes stuff that we'll never be able to yeah. share. And then all this public stuff that's like people, like one couple came to, uh, they thought we were doing a worship night because I'm known as the worship leader guy. Right, so right. they're like, we're going to a worship night. Well, they signed divorce papers in the parking lot. Yeah. So they're like in the parking lot out in Columbus, Ohio, <laughs> they signed divorce papers and they're going into worship because it's totally, you know, it's where everybody's okay. We're fine. It's great. Right. Merit, divorce papers papers, run in. We're preaching family as kingdom. We're just breaking it down biblically. We're going like, look, if you want to, you're allowed to do this. Like, like God, this is not law, but here's here. Like, here's what the Bible says. So at right. least know what you're doing. Right. So we're good. You know what I mean, dude? And then we do altar calls for it because yeah. we, we always believe that God is still the God of restoration. Like there's yeah. no human too far gone for the grace of God, not to rescue them. Yeah. And we would preach that from the the platform yep. everywhere. Yet when we talk about our marriage and we talk about our spouse, we're like, no, no, they're definitely too far gone. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Which is just not accurate biblically. So we're going like, hey guys, like we believe God, the best is yet to come. Why? Because you're not dead. So right. God's still doing a work. Right. Dude, they ripped up their divorce papers and went on their honeymoon two weeks later because they were, they'd been married for years, but never went on a honeymoon. We got couples that were all the way 18 years divorced, three years divorced. I walked with my friend for a year and a half. We walked together. Yeah. The wife blocked our phone, phone numbers and the whole deal because she was like, because when she called, I said, hey, you are totally a free willed human right. being. Do whatever. I just want to give you some scriptures and then let you just wrestle with the Lord because I'm here for you regardless of what you choose, you yep. know, block, delete. So we were, <laughs> she, I hadn't talked to her in a year. Well, but I was able to walk with my friend for like yeah. a year and a half through this process. And dude, his story's nuts. Cause he like literally every day as he was walking through this process is like, we kind of just sat, sat down together and we're like, okay, is marriage before God or before people? Well, it's before God. Okay. So she leaves you. She wants a divorce, sign the papers because it's before God. Mm -hmm. So just keep praying for her. Like in the eyes of God, the paperwork doesn't change the fact that you can cover her. Right. So let's just become intercessors for your wife. So every day he was writing, anytime he'd remember a memory about her, something, a dream about her, yeah. something she wanted to do, he'd write it on a little piece of paper. Yeah. Is this the, the couple, the big guy? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I'm trying, yes, I, I yes, got to put yes. faces it's on. Them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And literally he would write pieces of paper about things that he loved about her, memories they had together. And he put them in a giant jar for a year and a half. So the day she came home, when she like woke up from this thing, because mm -hmm. she basically called us a year and a half later and was like, what just happened? And we're like, get here now. Like whatever you're doing, I'll pay for the flights. Just get up to Reading, like let's hang out, you know? So they all flew, all this stuff happened. But when she came home, he handed her a jar <laughs> full of thousands of thoughts and memories and things about her while she was running away. He kept these promises for her. Wow. And it was like undoing. Now they've been married. They literally went back, got remarried as well. And that's the whole crazy. deal. So we have like tons of restoration stories and we can go as far as we want. I mean, we have stories where the woman was like in a, in a pastor's kid, was right. a, you know, abusing his wife for eight years. And so she finally left for three and a half. 
And he came to his right mind. She became an intercessor for him. Said, I'm not divorcing you, but I can't stay in the house. It's unsafe for me and the kids. Right. Three and a half years of intercession, just praying for her husband. Gets completely de delivered, completely restored, comes home and goes, my, I don't know what just happened. I'm so sorry. She goes, that's great. <laughs> Let's prove that for a year and yeah. then we'll get back together. And so year goes by, they've now been married wow. eight more wow. years and they run their dad's church. What, what is the, like, what is the piece why you're seeing these, these relationships split or like, what is, cause I have multiple friends right. that are going through major issues, right? People that you and I know very well, tons of messy that stuff are, that are leaving each other. Right. Like what's the, is there, is there a common thread that you see happening in a lot of marriages? Cause there's stuff that I'm seeing that I, yeah. I feel like it's a repeated pattern. But yeah, but. I mean, I think I, I would say two things. I would say the thing I'm seeing consistently is men have no idea how to be men, which is really, really hard. Talk, talk about that for a second. Well, man, what does that mean? Because that to me, biblically manhood. OK, so like let's go to First Corinthians 16, where, mm -hmm. where Paul literally says, be watchful, stand firm in the faith, right. act like men, be strong. Like he just straight says, act like men. And I'm like, <laughs> dang, Paul, you know, yeah. watch out, dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's just straight up be a man, act like a man. But he defines it in the context of, if we go back to 1 Corinthians 13, yep. it doesn't end with, when I was a child, act like a child, but when I, when I became a woman, <laughs> I put childish things behind. No, right. he directly addresses men. He says, oh, when you're a child, you're going to act like a child. This is going to be selfish. Yeah. But when you become a man, you're going to put childish things behind. And you're going to, what he's saying is, you're going to love like this. Right. And when you do that, 1 Corinthians 16 follows that up and he says, you're going to be watchful, which means you're going to be a man of prayer. We yep. have tons of people who want to lead churches, but don't want to pray. Yep. Everybody wants to preach. Nobody yep. wants to pray. That's super Leonard Ravenhill. Mm -hmm. Like it's like, he's been saying it, you know, he's said right. it for years. Right. The Cinderella of the church today is, is the prayer meeting. Everybody wants to preach. Nobody wants to pray. Right. Everybody uh, where preaching is a shop window to your gifts. Uh, prayer is a shop window to your soul. And yep. it's like these, these radical concepts. Then it says stand firm in the faith, which is means like, we don't have men of the word anymore. We have the men we have, we, we don't have men who are actually know the word, which is right. really hard. Right. They know topics about the word, yeah. but they don't know the word. Like I'm like, cause to know the word means that I'm completely subjected to it mm -hmm. because that, even if I don't like it, I'm subject to it, That's which is hard. That's hard. That's where I'm seeing most of the issues coming. Right. People love the Bible. They love <laughs> Jesus, totally. but they don't actually love what it's, he says or what the Bible says. Well, it's because they love a savior. They don't love a Lord. Right. Which is so different. The Lordship Ooh. of Jesus is way different than savior Jesus. Yes. Everybody loves savior Jesus. Who doesn't want to be saved? Right. Honestly, evangelism isn't that rough. When you introduce people <laughs> to a man who loves them unconditionally right. with all that he has and gives right. you the entire resource of heaven for all eternity, you're right. like, Present that partially right yeah, yeah. and you're going to be fine. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that's not a big deal. The mess, the right. grace, the, the miracle of salvation is not somebody believing a savior. It's somebody trusting a Lord. Mm. That is the miracle of salvation. Like the miracle of salvation is when somebody goes, hey, I actually know the God of the universe and he wants you to give up all of your life to serve him, trust him and follow him all of your days. Why did no, so few people follow Jesus? Cause he's like, yeah, foxes have holes, birds have nests. The son of man has nowhere to rest his head. Come follow me. And they're like, yeah, eh. yeah let the dead bury the dead. Come follow me. Yeah. Eh. Rich young ruler, give up everything that you possess and then follow me. Right. That's not a standard for everybody's life. That's the scary part about that story. People think the scariest part about the rich young ruler story is that he's going to ask them to give up all of their stuff. That's not the most terrifying part of that story. The most terrifying part of that story is that Jesus knew the thing that had his heart right. more than him, right. which means 
For you, he knows the thing that has your heart. He's right. not going to ask you to give up all right. your stuff because you and I would. Right. <laughs> He's going after something else. It's so And true. we're going to go, uh, that's a really high cost. And I think because we're not men and women of the word anymore, we just like really good meetings. Yeah. We're, we're missing out on being submitted to the word, which again, I'm going back to 1 Corinthians 16 and going like, like, wow, this is a high call. And mm -hmm. when he says that, I see, then he says, act like men, be strong. And I love the fact that he says, be strong. Cause he's saying, I believe what he's saying is attach yourself to your emotions again, mm -hmm. because we're being, having emotions and not being, and being emotional are two different things. Like I can be completely connected to my emotions and cry yep. and laugh and dance and do whatever, you know, and not move and like get punched in the face and be okay with it. That has nothing to do with being emotional. I want to have emotions, not be led by them. Right. 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 So I want to be fully intact with all of my emotions. And that's what actually gives me strength. Then I would connect that to Malachi four, where everybody <laughs> wants to have that father's heart yep. meeting. Yep. Except for the scariest part again of that, that passage for me is it says the hearts of the fathers. Yes. It, what does that mean? It, hearts of the fathers turn to the children, which yep. means to me, dads, husbands, men, you have to go first. Yeah. That means the ushering in of the Lord's presence. We, mm -hmm. I'm not talking eschatology right now. Yeah. I'm saying in a in a city, in a meeting, in a church, right. in your family, men have to go first. Right. And we're waiting for the women to like do all the stuff we want. I'm right. just listening to a bunch of men go, well, my wife doesn't. I'm like, could you imagine if Jesus sat here with us right now? He'd be like, my bride doesn't. But guess what? I'm still faithful. Yeah. It, Malachi 4, uh, hearts of fathers to sons, sons right. to fathers, right. or else I will strike the land with a curse. That is, I, and it's men go first. That's right. why it's so hard for me. Cause I'm like, this is all most, most of the things that I'm hearing are men not getting what they want yeah. sexually, emotionally, whatever we can make the list. Right. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, th I get that. Like, you know, walking with some friends, I'm like, I, yeah, that's painful. Mm -hmm. And I've walked through it in my own marriage. Yeah. My wife's like, yeah, you kind of <laughs> suck. So you're getting none of this. Here's all the stuff you're not going to have for I don't know how long. My job isn't to complain about it. Now, I need friends right. like you to go, right. hey, dude. <laughs> yeah. Like this, I guess, you know, I, this is probably poor theology, but it's always like Jesus going away to a quiet place to pray. And we never know what he says. Right. Like we only know a couple times, right? right. And it's like... <laughs> You got to know he's like, because of his connection to the father, he's like, listen, I got to talk some crazy mess about the people I'm around right now. Cause I need somebody to talk to about this, you know? So I kind of imagine him being like, dude, did you see what happened today? <laughs> okay. Hold on. No. So I want to, I just, I don't want to jump off this. No, no, please. Cause I think you, you're, you're saying something really important. Uh, men are not being men. So you think that's the, one of the first things, the reason why marriages are falling apart, relationships are falling apart. Right. Uh, Job, Job, uh, God tells Job, brace yourself like a man, dude, in the middle of his worst and his lowest, he goes like man up. And then he just taunts him. Were you there when I spoke all this stuff? Like, I, I love that. The message is hard to bring right now. Very, very, very hard to bring. And, uh, I've been preaching. The reason why I know Malachi so well, is <laughs> all I've been preaching this last season is Malachi four. You know, I think I think God's on it, but what does it actually look like? Because everybody's preaching family. And that verse is very much about family. That verse is very much about uh, unity and hearts coming together. But but I'm not seeing the fruit. I see a lot of people talking about, it, but I'm not seeing the fruit. I'm still seeing marriages falling apart. What you said? Okay, so you you said um, 
You said men are not being men. What are the other things that you see as you're traveling that are causing the destruction of the family? Destruction the curse of, of bigness. Marriage? So I'm reading a book right now by, uh, it's like a Harvard Business Review like book that was put out under their publishing and it's mm -hmm. called the curse of bigness. And I'm not saying everybody should go read it. I'm mostly just saying, I thought that I thought, wow, that's really interesting that the curse of bigness. And I, I thought immediately, like, I was like literally in an airport because they you know have those business review, those mm -hmm. Harvard oh, yeah, ones. Yeah. I kind of flip through them sometimes. I'm like, Oh, emotional intelligence. I have no emotion. <laughs> intelligence, so I, I probably need help. And I'm like, Oh, like that's an interesting concept. And I think what connected to the manhood piece, but connected to what's happening globally, both in like both uh, sociologically mm -hmm. and in the church, is I think we're seeing that we've made well, okay, I, we've made an agreement that big is actually better. So if the what do you mean? So if the meetings are bigger, I'm doing right. something right. Right. If the thing is bigger, we must have done something right. If it's a bigger production, if it's a right. bigger paycheck, if it's right. bigger, 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 bigger. And what he's referring to in this book is he talks about the. The, that we're, we're entering a second gilded age of, um, he's talking about American, you know, uh, economics and things like that. But I'm like, man, I really can equate this to the church where we basically in, uh, in society, we're seeing this second gilded age where basically monopolies are starting to happen mm -hmm. is what's what he's addressing. He's dealing with the fact that, you know, because of tech, because of some of these industries, we are seeing monopolies built and monopolies yeah. always separate power. So there's these, this huge gap between the haves and the haves nots. And the bigger the monopolies get, which happened, you know, hundred years right. ago in the first gilded age, then all of a sudden now you have a ton more who have not or convinced they have not. So in the church, Again, loads of grace for this because I'm literally processing this. Okay. So please, you're, nobody like you're fine. hold you're fine. me to this. But Don't what worry. I'm processing is I'm processing the fact that who's our model? Have we adopted the socio-political platforms of the age that we live in in order to promote and produce something that Jesus actually never promoted or produced? Because what Jesus did is he did small, he did connected, he did family, mm -hmm. and he did it so small, it would look on the planet right now like so ineffective, right? Right. And so with us growing, my point being is we're growing this big thing that's PS just, just so everybody's aware, it's mostly run by men, white men, okay? <laughs> it's like mostly run by men. Right, what are you talking about? I'm talking Just, about the I want you to that, clarify okay, that. So let me clarify what, this. What are you talking about? Here's, are you talking about the church? Are you talking about? I'm talking about the church. Okay. Okay. Most of our massive ministries are run by men. And my point being is the only women we celebrate are the ones that preach or lead worship like men. Like, I want to know what it's like to have a sensitive, feminine worship leader preacher who actually doesn't have to buy into men's mannerisms to get authority. And to get a platform. Because here's my point. The reason I think this is men's fault, and here's why I'll say this. Go, go for it. Is because, okay, so what did we have as soon as it was a, as race, as soon as we were like, oh, race is an issue. Um, what we ended up doing is we, um, what was it called? I forget. Uh, like we, affirmative action. That's it. Boom. You're welcome. Thank you so much. See, I knew it. It's so on. With affirmative action, what were we saying? What we were saying was not, <laughs> we were saying that this is a lack of opportunity, right. not a lack of qualification. Right. And if and if um, people were given equal opportunity, they would rise up to it and become just as good as any of their white counterparts. Okay. In the church and kind of globally, we have not given women the same opportunity that's been afforded to men. Like a woman who walks into the room and is powerful and is going to be straightforward, they're immediately called a name that we can't say on the podcast. Right. But a man walks in, does the exact same thing. He's like, dude, he is powerful. What a leader. 
Yeah. He's so direct. I love it. And my point <laughs> being is the more we give women, men have to do this. Mm -hmm. Men have to give space to women on platforms that they are actually not as good at, at it as they are now, because they will eventually become just as good as any man, probably better when given the same amount of opportunity that is afforded to men, which begins, so this is why I'm going okay. backwards Yeah, because I'm going backwards to saying husbands get to do that first. They get to do it in their home. They get to do it with their job. They get to do it in their ministry. They have all the ability to do this. They have all the strength and ability to make tons of room. And in the church, we should be leading this charge. There should never be in the church a discrepancy between men and women leaders from the platform because it's a shop window to being able to see what we actually value, right? right. And so training up and giving space for this, we're gonna watch women grow into power and into strength that yeah. we're actually supposed to be anyway and we're supposed to lead together. Yeah. Especially when we look at what Jesus built, because that was my whole point, is going like, there's something that can happen in small that really rarely happens in big. And if you look like history, historically and sociologically and economically, women had a huge role in the house and in, in, in economics when it's hunter gatherer, because everyone played their role. It's why people have six kids because we gotta work the farm, we gotta work the land. And everyone had a space. Then you walk into industrial age and all of a sudden a woman can't pull a plow. So your role must be in the house. Oh, and now you can't gather because we have big machines for that. We don't want you working that. So now you're probably just supposed to bear children. <laughs> Do you see what I'm happy? I, I see. I see what you're saying. You get what I'm saying. Jake, I, <laughs> you put some thought into this. I am like, because, <laughs> because I'm so hungry for family. But I don't on. want it to be a concept that we don't put anything to. Bro. Okay. Listen, because I, I, maybe it's just too early, but you just like, <laughs> you just, <laughs> sorry, I went really you far. Literally really just to, you just took this to, to an extreme. I, I don't see things. I, I personally, like I work for an extremely. I work for and with an extremely oh, yeah. powerful woman, anointed woman. Heck I'm yeah. not seeing, I don't see it as yeah. much as you, as you do. I'm not saying it's not there, totally. but I see, I see at least, at least where we're at, the, I think it's 75% of all missionaries are women. hundred percent. Right. Right. So like I, I see the world that I live in is, right. is, is a little bit different, but look what I'm, but guess what? But look what I'm saying. I'm mm -hmm. saying the power structures that are right. essentially celebrated because that's an uncelebrated. Totally. Right? So they're like, well, I'll take the part that's given to me and I'm going to run with it. Yeah. Because they'll go to service 100%, which is right. Mm -hmm. Okay? My point is saying like the power structures and uh, that we're talking about in, yeah. term, in terms of a very celebrity-driven church yes. culture, yep. it is mostly like, it is mostly led by men or men who, or women who know how to act like a man, man, because that's yep. what gets you the play, you know? Yeah. And my point being is, is I'm going, l l lest I digress, you know, I'm like, I'm more going like it, this, these honestly don't become issues when we're not trying to build this giant thing. Right. That's my point. Right. My point is we can do family. Men and women can both play their role and both become really powerful when we're not trying to build some gigantic thing. Yeah that actually were convinced. Cause what does Proverbs 27 say? It says a furnace for gold, a crucible for silver, but a man's heart is tested by his praise. That means here, okay, let's, let's do it this way. From Joseph, yeah. Joseph, everybody wants the Joseph anointing, but nobody really ever talks about how Joseph ended, <laughs> right? which is enslaving yeah. everyone in all of Egypt. Yeah. And then we get mad at Pharaoh at the beginning of Exodus. Why are we mad at the Pharaoh at the beginning of Exodus? He just looked at the paperwork, which was given to him by Joseph, 
that he owned everyone yeah. and everything. Joseph, who knew bondage, put an entire generation in bondage. And my point in saying that is I'm going like, what he didn't realize is that his biggest test wasn't the pit or the prison. His biggest test was the palace. Yeah. And we go, no, no, once you're in the palace, you've made it. That's right. called favor. I totally And agree. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. That's not favor. That's the greatest test you will ever experience. Right. To be on a platform in a stadium or a big church or this big movement or God, like all of a sudden takes you from a hidden place mm -hmm. to a seen place. Yeah. That is not affirming you. Yeah. That is a test for you. Yeah. He's testing the deepest parts of your heart yeah. and your value systems. Yeah. Like you need intercessors. You need people around you who see you for who you actually yeah. are. And my whole, my, my point in saying all that is going, if we are not trying to build this giant thing mm -hmm. and we're actually like, no, the biggest thing I can build is a healthy family, the entire system shifts. Yeah. The practical is how many people are making family the priority and the preference of their life, seeing as how that's what Jesus did. Like he actually built something so small that it had influence generationally it grew. Right. You know, it doesn't grow in mass meetings. And it's not that Jesus didn't do mass meetings. Right. I mean, you, you, I think you're here because of a lot of things. Yeah. But mass meetings are one of them. What, that's what's this so interesting, right? Right. And, but I could have chosen much more mass meetings. Totally. That's the point that's interesting for me is like I'm watching a lot of my peers do things that I genuinely could have been a part of. Right. But I actually just went home. Yeah. And I'll tell you, I mean, honestly, you and I both know from doing this long enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When it comes to getting like offerings at places like this, because we all we all ask for nothing, we kind of just mm -hmm. show up and see what happens. Yep. You and I both roll the same way because we kind of have the same spiritual mom and that's yeah, it. Yeah. Since you would probably <laughs> slap us around if we did anything different. Yeah. And the point being in that is, you know, and I know that the smaller the the space, it's true. The bigger the meeting is, the less I'll receive. It's it's very true, right? It's very and so true. I'm going. God affirms this yeah. even in the natural of like provision the smaller meetings actually get provided for. So if I go low and slow, mm -hmm. it's not going to look as sexy on paper, but he will give us some of those big meetings yeah. to give us access. Yeah. But then he'll test our hearts to go, yeah. are you going to chase? Because now have you now defined your success by that big thing? Yeah. Or are you going to choose the small thing even when I give you the big thing? Because right, Paul says, you know, whether I'm in plenty or I'm in lack, right. nothing changes for me. Right. Which I think for you and I is different because we have some history. Right. Now throw a 20-year-old into that. Dude, it's it's crazy. I sat with, um, I've sat with uh, just a couple months ago, I sat with some uh, people that have like 5 million on YouTube, you know, right. 2 million on Instagram. And they're in their late teens. And they... And I, and I followed up with some of them, right? They have no idea what they're doing. No, they have no idea. And they're put in, they're put on a platform. I mean, listen in the news right now, I don't want to name names, but in the news right now, there's that, there's a familiar face that same sort of story is, is erupted again from given a massive platform and it's all falling apart. Dude, I, it's tough. It's just, it's a tough thing. Family, family is the key. And I think what you and Nikki are going after right now is really beautiful. Yeah. I, I love, I always, Jake, you always like you, you're the most intense, intensely authentic <laughs> person I know where it's like, it's like, buckle up, let's do this. I didn't know what to expect, but, uh, dude, I, I commend you because I've watched you from the sidelines. I've watched, I've sat in your living room. Yeah. I've listened to the way you, you, you not just talk here, but with your family, you're, you're the most authentic person. You're one of the most authentic people I, I know. Thanks. And, uh, 
But I got a couple things that I want to hit before because we've been going for a little while. Yeah. And let and, me say this last thing on that is I just want to say, like, please understand, I have legitimately no idea what I'm talking about. Great. Like, really, like, just to qualify everything we just yes. talked about, we, like, have no clue. Yes. We're just trying to figure it out. Yes. So don't hear a person, because of intensity, I think people think that I, like, am 100% think I'm right. And it's just not, that's no, just not I, the case. And, so I want to make sure. And that I know said, your heart. And I just want to communicate that. No, to you're much fine. Broader Jake, Jake, stroke. you're fine. And people, <laughs> I'm so, I'm so, well, that leads us to something like people have, have opinions and right. we're all in a process. And like, there are things that I will not preach anymore that I preach adamantly for five years, exactly. you know, and I'm not like, preaching them anymore. I was like, okay, like, thank God that there wasn't right. as much YouTube thank, back then. Thank you. You know? So, but that brings us to a, a fun point. Can we, can we, I want to talk about, I really, really, really want to ask you uh, your opinion. Oh, yeah, you know exactly what's going to happen. I know what's coming. Is it okay? Yeah. yeah please, okay, because I found, I found this to be utterly fascinating. And, and it was like, it was like another, all of a sudden, boom. Like, oh, Jake Hamilton so goes worldwide again. <laughs> so I've been following Preachers and Sneakers. Tons. Before, like for a, a long time. Oh, yeah. At the moment it popped the up, moment it I popped was up. like, yep. oh, I'm in. Right. Deep. And and I found myself sitting there going, <laughs> look at their hearts. Look at the, you know, like no. I'm sitting there judging Mc, McJudgerton. <laughs> I, the part is you're doing that and I'm looking, I'm going, man, I know what's in my closet. I know. You well, know what I, mean? I know you. See, see, this is the thing. This is, and this is the reason why I love, I didn't love it, but totally. I watched and kept updated All and my followed friends every loved single it because they know me. Yes. That's I what was you. so fun like, about Nobody it. knows that you, A, don't ask for anything. You serve more than anyone else. You like, <laughs> you like take your family. I, you know, like I've right. been there when you've paid your own tickets to go to Mozambique to yeah, serve yeah. the poor. Of course. I've been there. Like I've watched you. Right. Which makes it more years, fun. Right. And I'm like, there's no one else on you like in our movement. Right. There's very few people that oh, would take thanks. the shirt off their back, the shoes off their feet and give them away. You are one of those people. And you have done that a million times. And I've watched <laughs> you do this. And you really. And one of the things that you like, you have, you love fashion. You always have. Dude. Every time I get around you, I feel like I look like some, you know, 50 year old, <laughs> you know, uh, retiree, you know, no. but that's something you've always done. Yeah. And it's something you really value. Yeah. And so I, I, I was, yeah, you were, I think you were in the air. You were flying back from Germany oh, or something awesome. like that. Yes. And I, I watched this thing unfold all day long. And I read, I probably, I read more than I want to admit to your face. I read almost every single comment. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sitting there going like, I need to say something. I want to shoot. I want to do something. I don't say anything. Okay. I come home that night. I go, babe, to my wife. I was like, have you been watching what's going on? She's like, what? I was like, please text Nikki. See if she's okay. <laughs> and so my wife texts her wife. I was like, my heart's breaking. I don't know what to do because I don't want to get caught up in it. Right. And so just tell, like walk us through what happened really quickly. And then I want to hear your response to it all. Okay. So the, the way this plays out yes. is... I'm following Preachers and Sneakers. I think it's awesome because I'm like literally want half the shoes that I see. And then, and we have to know that fashion is just in a weird place. We went from this fashion over the last 10 years that was like, oh my God, make, make it normal. It's a little bit long. You have Jerry right. Lorenzo, fear of God, but then you have now streetwear that's become high fashion. So you have Supreme where people are paying a thousand dollars for a literal hoodie that says Supreme across right, the right. front. So it's in a very weird place. Stuff that skaters are wearing, surfers are wearing now becomes high fashion. I, just, I know, you know nothing about right. what you're talking so about. So that's what I'm saying. Okay. So giving you context, okay. but like it's gone. It, normal wear 
like old vintage mm-hmm. rock shirts that you and mm-hmm. I probably threw yes. away yes. all of a sudden are now high fashion, yes. right? Because it says Fear God on it or Jerry Lorenzo says that's cool right. or you see Virgil wearing it from Off-White, okay? So Kanye was wearing these sneakers and now they're huge, right? So this is the context of what's happening. Now, the cool part is, is how, some of these guys actually, like Jerry, like they know Jesus and actually right. love him. So now mm-hmm. all of a sudden, there's actual stuff happening in the church context that people are having access and they're trying to bring price points down to make it accessible to normal people. Okay. Context. Point (laughs) being is now everything's got in the last year gone really ugly and gone like dad shoes. All this stuff is like super hyper ugly. That brings me to the Balenciagas because this is the context for like the ugliest shoe that has possibly ever been made by one of the highest end fashion houses in all of Europe. You think they're ugly? Oh my God, who links to those shoes are cool. I don't know because they look sure. like, they look horrible to me, but what do, I have half a cat's brain most days. But here's days. my point is ugly was actually kind of, it's kind of the reason that they're cool is because they're like kind okay. of off brand. So high fashion is always take it too far. Right. So Balenciaga takes the dad shoe, which is this kind of, it went from like this, the chunky sneaker thing to Kanye wearing this kind of chunky sneaker okay. to Balenciaga being like, oh, I can do that. Let's just put three shoes together, Right. smash them. Here you go, triple S. I'm in Brazil. And I have this great friend. He's like the dopest guy on the planet. We, like, at uh, do we know who he, okay. you, you, you haven't met him yet, but God, okay. you would love him. Okay. He is like one of my favorite humans and we just hang out. Yes. So we're hanging out and he's like, dude, I bought these sneakers. They don't look good on me, but I want to give them to you. I'm like, somebody's giving me sneakers. Heck yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so he comes and he gives me those shoes and I'm like, I've seen these shoes. Right. They're like the like epitome. So you didn't buy these. No. Okay. God, okay. These, these things, I don't. I don't. I don't care yeah, if you did. I, I just want to. Like, the I could care less is, if you did. Like, I spend so you your did, money however you right, want. Right. Right. Like, you right. have to. You're not judged. Uh, there's. You're not accountable to me. You okay. are accountable to the Lord for what you have in your bank account. Okay. And we the the. So I will qualify this by going. The most dangerous thing we have in sort of the sneaker culture right now is kids that are saving up for like legitimately six to eight months. Yeah. To blow on a pair of sneakers. And that is irresponsible. Like, okay. I'm just saying, that's great. You, you're allowed to. Yeah. I'm just going, there's bigger things than the shoes that will be out of style right. in six months. Right. Okay, so, so you're giving these so pairs. of sneakers. I'm giving these sneakers. And he's like, you have to wear them preaching tonight. And I was like, <laughs> all right, done. Like, I'll throw these things on. I don't care. Okay. So I threw them on, preached them that night in Brazil, brought them home. I'm like, put them in my closet. And was like, I have nothing to wear these with, whatever. Right. Preaches with sneakers, blows up. And I'm like, I have shoes that will definitely make it on this Instagram feed and it's those triple S's. Okay. So this was premeditated. Oh, it goes okay, way further. Yeah, way I'm sorry. Further. I'm sorry. Way Keep further going. than that. Okay. I can't give you all the details. Cause I'm actually like, we actually know like the guy that That's like fine. actually is doing it is like related to some other people and like our world, you know, the world gets yeah, small very it fast. It's like, Oh, everybody knows everyone. Right. And so to save some stuff, go for it. Realistically, what happens is I, we're going to Sacramento. Okay. And I'm like, let's take the picture. Let's figure this out. I'm like, let's go to Temple Coffee. Okay. And let's, I'm like, it looks sick there. Yeah. And I'm going to find the outfit that works with this. So, I mean, it was pre, com, like from down to the outfit, the okay. shoes, the okay. whole thing yes. is completely premeditated. Okay. The best part of all of it was, because this is the trigger point. The trigger part actually wasn't the shoes for people. No. 
it was, was the, homeless, the guy? homeless guy Which? with no shoes on sitting in the background, Jake. And I don't know what you were thinking, buddy, but okay, that- now, now, now let me, so now let me give me, it's okay. Let me give you full context. Okay, go for it. Please. If I'm painting a picture, like let's take it away from the photo. If I'm okay, no, no, let's take it away from sneaker culture. Go for it. You're in missionary. Yes. If I want you to experience missions and know why you should show into it, what am I going to take a picture of? The poorest person right. you Thank can. Thank you. Yes. Great. If I want to expose church culture for what it is because right. I'm an artist, mm-hmm. what does that picture do? The church culture, I am a worship leader. Mm-hmm. I have $1,200 shoes on. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the resale market, they yeah. might be two grand. Yeah. At, at one point, they're not anymore, but like whatever, because the fashion moves so fast. Right, right, right. So um, I've got a, I have a $1,000 phone in my hand. Nobody right. cared about. Nobody cares about. I got a five hundred dollar watch on right. my wrist. Right. Nobody cares. About I that. I totally you get what it. I'm saying. Hold on, I, but so, t- go to the so picture. Now, so now I go. We're we're just planning the whole thing. Okay. And I'm not going to say too much about what happened there, but I am going to tell you this: there is not one part of that picture, and the way it was given to preachers with sneakers. Because could you find that? Could you find that photo on my feet? I didn't see it anywhere. Interesting. Okay. So let's call it what it is. This is okay. what I would love everybody to know. Call it what it Have is. Have you shared any of this stuff? Nope. Okay. Let's call it what it is. It's art. Because good art causes you to question you. You don't get to question it. And the point is, is all of a sudden, I have to take a shot at this now. Because it exposes everything that I don't want to believe in and don't want to believe is actually a part of the culture we're a part of. And it is. Yeah. Everything that that picture stands for and everything that picture is reveals everything. Who cares if you're wearing expensive sneakers on a stage? Right. Who like, oh, the rich guy on the stage has a pair of nice shoes. Right. Is wearing a thousand dollar belt is like, you know, has a, who cares? Yeah. You're on a stage. You are a part of the show. This is on a street sitting on a bench next to a dude who owns no shoes, you know? And so I don't want to go too much further in the, into what happened with that and after, because I just more want to make it, I want to make it about the picture. So, okay. Let's talk about the response because you had some interesting responses to it. I thought, dude, there is some, the end and here's the crazy part. So go ahead and finish your thought on that because I have some other stuff that, because obviously DM world is way different than public comment world. Right. Right. So no. So what's the, what talk to me then who cares what I have to say? So the crazier part was, is everyone's like blowing me up. I mean, the most horrific things I've ever like yes. ever have been said to me yes. are being said. I was and intercessing I'm actually, for and you I'm in like, bed at night. And to be honest with you, I, first response, I laughed so hard because in all honesty, you have to know your own heart getting into this stuff, right? right? Like it was on purpose. I knew what I was doing. Yeah. Like clearly, I just told you. Everything down to the picture and the person I, I in the background yeah. was premeditated. Mm-hmm. And for me, I'm going, this is everything I wanted. Like in the sense of like, you, nobody has to hear, see what it's actually, the picture actually says. Right. Nobody has to buy into the fact that you're all going to attack the shoes, but the, the phone's the same price. Like, right. like why? Because you all have one in your pocket. Mm-hmm. So if I judge the phone, right. I'm judging me now. Right. But I don't have the shoes. Right. So you suck. <laughs> because if I had those, I would do, and that's right. where it got fun. If I had those, this is what I would do. Right, right, right. And I was like, done. So then my response was, then do it. Because now the shoes are yours. Who wants them? We're going to give all the money to sex trafficked girls 
who are in rehabilitation homes. Go ahead and give to it. So, so I, I know you and I get that, but from the outside, it looked like you were playing cleanup. Oh, totally. It doesn't matter. That's irrelevant <laughs> because in reality, let's say, okay, let's go. So why didn't you tell people what you just told me? Because it's not, because in the process, then, then it's manipulation. Right. Because now I'm manipulating to go, oh no, guys, don't worry. Look, it was all pre, we, we have it all together. Don't worry. No, I don't give a crap what you think about me. If I didn't, I wouldn't lead worship half the way I lead worship. I don't care what you think about me right. because before my friends, like I, I'm not worried about what Will Hart thinks about me. We've been friends right. for a long time. Right. All the people that I actually like know who actually matter in my life, we're good. Yeah. Because they know me. Yeah. So all I'm trying to do is go, hey guys, let your heart be exposed. What was some of the worst stuff that came? Like what was some of the worst things that you heard? Oh, that's what I was telling you, the DMs. So what was fun is, the fun part was, oh, there was like, I mean, there was just like awful stuff. Right. I mean, it was awful. Like the stuff that people were saying was like, so it was, what's crazy is, is it's like, wow. Like it, I also, I think what preachers and sneakers exposes and what, um, and what this exposed even on my feed was, I was like, dude, we're literally asking people who are non-believers <laughs> to come and be a part of this family. <laughs> like these aren't like non-Christians. Right. These are like professing Christians yeah. who lead stuff. Right saying awful things. Yes. And then the next day we're going to be like, Hey, and come confess your sins. Hell no. You just killed your own. You just took a stab at a dude who's like actually doing stuff. And you want me to like come and expose my sin. Oh, hell no. You can't even take care of a guy with shoes. You know, the stuff I've done, <laughs> yeah. like, no way I'm coming. Like this exposes the church. Like you guys, we don't eat our own. Right. Like we don't know somebody's. That's why even like a big minister, like a big minister falls in sin. Right. Our job is not to go. Eh, I knew it. See, I right. knew. And then we put out a little expose. See, I knew it. They were their marriage. And then no, I have tons of grace. Like, wow. and we've always had tons of grace. My hope was to expose all this stuff. And then what happened was, so it's like awful stuff and whatever. But the best part was, is then we do the sneaker release and we do exactly what people wanted us to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? not knowing any of the things you know about me. Wow. Right. Because honestly, if I give those away to defend myself, I threw pearls to swine, number one. And number two, I let my left hand know what my right hand is doing. And I don't get any credit in the secret place because I just got my reward. My reward was everybody understood me and now they celebrate me. I don't mm. need you to celebrate me. Mm. I am completely good with the Lord. He is okay with me. He yeah. knows my heart. Yeah. So I'll keep my secret place. I don't need to expose it to you to get your approval. And so I'm going to just be good. Wow. with that. And so the cool part was, is it's like, oh, after I do the release, notice the comments dip way down. Mm -hmm. Then all of a sudden the sh people stop taking shots. Cause they know, even if I'm do like, let's just say I'm totally doing cleanup. Like everybody wants to expose. Yes. That's still the right thing to do. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? right, right. Like that's the hard part. Let's take Christianity away from it. Right. Let's get rid of all the Jesus stuff. Isn't that the right thing to do? Hey guys, Put your money where your mouth is. Yeah. You're right. I have the shoe. Do what you want. Right. Now it's yours. What would you do with a, with a $1,200 shoe? Yeah. Would you give money to sex trafficking for it? Like the whole deal. And then we partnered with Preachers and Sneakers with Unlikely Heroes, and they ended up raising $15,000 for sex trafficked girls to be rehabilitated, which Come is awesome. On. But when we did that, then some of the people who made the harshest comments yeah. 
ended up DMing me and going, hey man, that was a really good move. Thank you so much for what you did. Wow. And we ended up having a dialogue with, Jake. with like five or six. But if I would have defended myself, right. I wouldn't have had those. I, and I, I would have done it for the three to dude, four people. As a friend, I watching it happen, I hated it. Right. I freaking hated it. Yeah. And, and, and I literally typed out a comment and I deleted it. Yeah. Because it was, the, it was no different than anybody else's comments that right. was defending you. And that, I think that's what's so hard, man. It's like one of the, like, I know you, right. right? But watching you get tore apart was, was, was really, yeah. it was rough, man. Right. It and was rough. That's why I was like, Moosey, like, eat, like <laughs> text Nikki. Dude, my phone blew up when I landed from I Germany. Know. I love that it happened in the air. Cause I couldn't, I couldn't immediately respond to stuff. The Lord was so kind. He was like, um, let's just let this play out for however many, whatever wow. it was, 12 hours or whatever, you know, you're good. And just, I'm sleeping on a plane. Right. Zequil just crashed out, <laughs> you know? And like, you know, like I lay on my phone, like, <laughs> you know, and it's like all, but the cool part was it was all my friends. It's like wow. all my friends who were like, Hey man, are you okay? Yeah. You're kind of a sensitive dude. So I just want to make sure you're all, yeah. right, you know? And I was like, I'm trying, my point is, is I'm going the, the style of worship I do is completely consistent with that picture in right. terms of I'm trying to get you to think. Like, I just want you to think. That's all I'm asking people to do when I'm preaching. And I'm not saying I'm right. I just want you to think. Yeah. Just please use your brain. Don't use what somebody else told you. Don't use that. Oh, that's guy, this guy must be right because it makes me feel good. Right. Like, use your freaking brain. Yeah. Just use your head. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your mind. Yeah. Just come on. Like we can actually do this yeah. and hopefully next time, like what I'm hoping is for the, it's handfuls. Again, it goes back to family, right? Mm -hmm. Cause I know that my family has my back. Yeah. Like there's, there's, that's great. You guys could all blow me up, but I actually know if I needed something, Will would be there for me. It, uh, Cause you proved 100%. that's true and multiple occasions <laughs> in my life. You don't need to talk Driving. about it. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I do anything for you, man. Yeah. It, like, yeah, it was, it was, it was an interesting, it was an interesting season. I love I love hearing that from you. Would you do it again? Oh, 100%. You would? Oh, not a question. Because yeah. to me, it's again, it's just art. Like nobody needs to know even the details. Right. Nobody needs to know any of the stuff because the goal is I want to make, I think just as an artist, I'm like the church is so good at putting periods at the end of all their art. Yeah. So this is a lion. This is what it means. Mm -hmm. This is the song. Right. Does the song make sense? The song doesn't make you feel uncomfortable. You're doing good. Yeah. Everybody's good. You're all comfortable. Everybody's comfortable. Where Jesus is like, I'm just trying to make you uncomfortable. So you'll use your brain and be a seeker forever. You know, there's nobody who has this stuff. All right. There's nobody on the planet who has hundred percent right theology. I am so sorry. Yeah. I don't know how awesome you think you are, but the moment you get to heaven, you're not going to look at Jesus and be like, Oh, that's exactly what I thought. Yeah. This was perfect. And I'm going like, man, if we could just create art right. that actually provokes us and makes us think. Preachers with Sneakers was just an opportunity to do that. Right. You know what I mean? And it's a fad, so it's not going to last very no. long. But I'm going, I want to use whatever thing pops up. I'm going to use it to thrust forward ideas and concepts that we're not willing to look at for most of the time. So instead of periods at the end of, set, at the end of my songs or at the end of my art, I want there to be massive question marks. Yeah. You know? Dude, I think I think you said it. I think one of the most telling things is how we destroy our own. Like Every I, time. Um, I was uh, I was working in the woods yesterday. I was clearing clearing land, and I was thinking about <laughs> Benny Hinn a couple of days ago. Some of the guys that are in the room. We were, we drove down to San Francisco to go to a show, and we listened to Benny Hinn. Have you heard this Benny Hinn 
basically yeah. denouncing yeah. Yeah. The, the prosperity gospel. And I'm sitting there and, and, and I was listening to a bunch of other videos from like well-known kind yeah. of apologetics, yeah. well-known theologians right. that just continue to tear him apart. Like he did the thing convicted by the, by in his own words, the Holy Spirit, the Lord himself has convicted him of right. this false theology that he said, this false message that he said. He admits it publicly and they just t- tore and, him apart. Yeah. Oh, you're just trying to clean it. Same thing with his shoes. You're trying to clean it up. And it's like, no, actually, I realized something. I learned something. I'm mm-hmm. trying to expose something. I'm trying to, I'm, that's what's so, again, I will just keep going back. That's the danger of bigness. Yeah. If like, if we're still after these massive platforms and media has, uh, has only allowed that in the last handful of years yeah. that we, we can have celebrities that become popular right away. TBN promoted that like for years. Mm-hmm. So Benny Hen just was a part of that. He massively anointed. I have some, there's behind the scenes stories of Benny Hen yeah. that I'm like, dude, I took my hands off that a long time ago. Like there's some things that, yeah, I mean, I guess I could address that. Honestly, the guy knows the Lord. There's some stuff there that I would not do yeah. or say, but dude, there's a lot of stuff that I say and do that people think the same thing about clearly. Yeah. So for me, I'm like, man, like, with this story, it's like, he did it. Everything you guys wanted him to do, he just did it. Right. And it's not good enough. Right. Yeah. Because we're not looking for, we're not looking to, for our, I think in the in a larger sense, we're just not looking to love people very well. We actually just want to control people and we want them to do what we want in the way that we want it. And when they step outside those lines, it freaks us out and we have to know how to control it. And so now that we have social media, I'm allowed to say unfiltered and unaccountability uh, un without any accountability. I could say whatever I want right. to whoever I want. And I don't have to, I don't care what you say. And it's like, man, that just seems mean. You know what I mean? It just seems spiteful. Yeah. Like to me, I'm like, well, man, I I see people come up that are even coming up in the ranks of fame and celebrity in terms of our culture. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I just want to be their intercessor. Cause I'm like, I know what that means. Yeah. And behind the scenes, it, it's not working out for some of these 20 year olds. No, it's not working out for these 25 year olds. Their marriages are falling apart. Their lives are falling apart. And literally though, I mean, I would say it in the Jake way. I'm like, and literally no one cares. Just write me the song that I can sing next Sunday. Preach the message that I can quote in my message next week, write the book, do the thing. And I don't really care if you're falling apart. Because I don't give a crap about your family. I just want to benefit from your life. And the moment I stop benefiting from it, I'm going to take a shot at it. And that's just my unfiltered version of it. But I'm like, but tell me I'm wrong. Right. You've witnessed it yourself. Well, and I think, I've witnessed it. And I'm, it makes, it breaks my heart because I'm honest, like these people are amazing people. Yeah. Even the people taking shots, please hear my heart. Like I'm like, no, even those people yeah. are amazing people. These are such gifted and anointed men and women of God. Why do we have to do this to each other? Like, there's no reason for it. Yet in the same circles, we'd preach family. Yeah. Who wants to be a part of that family? I don't. I'm not that interested. So I have to develop something else to counteract these massive shot-taking movements where we're allowed to just go, hey, I don't know what's going on there. And I'm actually okay with it. Because at the end of the day, if my brother, I have two brothers, if they do something that I actually don't like, they don't actually become not my brother anymore. Right. You know, and my job isn't to berate them. It's to actually just love them and make sure they know that they always have a place to come home. 
Hmm. You know, and it's why you can't do business as a family and you're never supposed to do family as a business. Hmm. Cause when my kids act up, I don't fire them. Right. I have to love them through this for the rest of their life. And that's the same way it should be with all of us. Wow. Benny, thank you so much for admitting that. Like that's the stuff I would post, man. Thank yep. you so much. Like really like grateful for your heart yeah. and your process and exposing us all to your process. Yeah. I, I was thinking about it as I was just hauling stuff yesterday. I was like the amount of boldness that it takes to recant the majority of what you preach spoke. And, and listen, like the other side is yeah. Cause it was wrong and now you're getting old and now you're, yeah. but the reality is like the, the amount of friends he just pushed away, the amount of like people that he knows and loves that he just said everything you're doing and saying is wrong. Well, dude, okay, like, so we can address it to even that, uh, the Hillsong pastor, that the Hillsong worship leader that was like, yeah, I'm leaving the faith, right? I'm reading all these. I don't these, know this. So there's a the Hillsong leader um, guy, the name isn't coming to me right now. He's written a ton of songs. Okay. And um, everyone knows who I'm talking about and they're gonna be ashamed of my uh, yeah. worship leader trivia knowledge. I, I um, am right now. But my point <laughs> being is, is like, you know, he comes out and goes, you know, I'm leaving the faith. And, and, and instead of everybody going like, Wow. Okay, I'll put it this way. Everyone just starts shooting at him. Like, see guys, this is where that leads. See universalism, see right. this, this, this. Don't ever ask a question about Christianity ever again. <laughs> Everybody freeze, you know? And it's like, everyone's now scared. Like, oh God, am I asking the wrong questions? Do, right. I, do I know Jesus? I'm not sure. The only article I found that was awesome was by an atheist. A professed atheist who writes for an atheist blog wrote, do you know how much courage it must have taken for a man to say that he spent his life in something that he's not sure he believes anymore? We just want to commend you to say that must have been really hard for you. I'm like, that is supposed to be the Christian response. Why is the atheist going, wow, that must have been really hard. And we're like, you're in the wrong. Everybody be terrified. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? I had to go I to do. an atheist blog to get a Christian response of love and mercy and compassion and kindness yeah. to go, God, that must've been like what you just said with Benny, man, that must've been really hard. We don't know the cost of what he just said. Right. The cost of friendships and relationships and finances to say what he just said, that's a lot. I don't have to agree or disagree with all his theology. I just have to go, he's a human being. Yeah. And that's hard for a human being. And I'm supposed to love human beings. And I'm like, man, we, on the other side, we get to be able to do that. Right. Like you all don't have to do that. I'll do that. That's fine. And if I'm going to go down loving too much, I'm going to go down loving too much. <laughs> I'm going to go down liking people in yeah. their dysfunction and in the midst of their mess that I'm defaulting to that. Wow. Just so everybody's clear. Yeah. <laughs> That's where our family is going to default. Just bring the messiest people to us and we'll hug them when you're trying to figure out how to marginalize them. That's it's, fine. It's tough, Jake. You know, like I, we get, I mean, you know, the stories, you know, the stuff we hear, you know, what's going on behind the scenes. It's hard. It, it is hard. Yeah. There's a reason why uh, I, I, I find, I find my biggest struggle is when the people I know the most or love the most are, have gone away or made mistakes and, you know, it, it's it's tough. There is a place in the word where it says we have to disassociate, you know, not disassociate, but we have to distance ourselves right. uh, from I, yeah. from the unbeliever, from and I think the Bible gives us gives so many people justification. You know, they they read this one thing and but right. but they don't read the other parts, right. which is love, you know, and yeah. and and the you know, the parable of the of 
the good Samaritan and, you know, the, the, the father whose son goes off, gives, you know, sells him, yeah. sells himself into slavery, right. ends up with the pigs and Jesus leaves everything and returns to him and balancing these things, the, the radical love of Jesus and also the, Hey, it's time to cut ties. This person right. don't associate with, with that person. I don't have the balance on that, but most people, they, they, they flip to one end. Well, yeah. Cause I think the difference quickly. is, is like, are we talking about, are, are, are we talking about blatant rebellion? That's the only part that I feel like it, we, if someone, so if someone says, yeah, I'm actually like a lot of these people that are in process are going, I'm in process, right? I'm trying to figure this out. And before they even get a chance to figure it out, right. we're cutting them off. Right. So no wonder they default to it. They're like, oh, I must've been right. Yeah. Cause you are all dicks. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it just must've gone down that way. Yeah. And it's like, instead of going, wow, that's a really hard process because a lot of what scripture talks about when it even says the distance, it's like, well, it's causing everybody to stumble. Right. Like clearly in the midst of this community, your dysfunction, you're kind of sleeping with everyone. That's kind of dysfunctional. <laughs> so I can't really allow that. So you can't come anymore. Right. That's a little different. Right. You know what I mean? Right. You're like, yeah, it's kind of predatory. Mm -hmm. You know, you're in full rebellion. You actually don't want to change. Uh, yeah. And now I can pay attention to yes. this. Done. That's easy. But I, hey, I love you. You just can't be a part of this right now because it's actually dangerous for right. everybody involved, including yourself. It's actually right. leading you into sin. Where for most people, it's like, hey, I have a question. And we're like, <laughs> sorry, I didn't know what to say. You, right. It seemed like right. you were running away, so I right. shot you. And right. like, that's the part for me that's terrifying. Yeah. You know, because I definitely get we need some space. Like if right. somebody's in like leading people astray or something in full rebellion, right. cool. But honestly, a lot of this stuff is just people having questions. Yeah to me. And I'd like to be a part of that yeah. as much as possible. And you are right now. You've stepped into a new role. Yeah. Just you, you're pastoring. Yeah. Yeah. We're over at the stirring right now. And it's like, it's been cool because yeah. like for me, as you know, you get to go mm -hmm. around the world and you get to partake in different movements and yep. you get to like pour into these different people and places. And it, there's a part of it that is a part of our calling to, mm -hmm. um, I'm definitely not a builder, but I'm more of like, I can speak into things. So I'd be more prophetic in that sense. Cause like literally the next two steps I might know prophetically, but I have no idea what that looks like. Right. So I'm not the apostolic guy, but I'm definitely like been able to be a voice into these things. Well now being in one community yeah, and being able to go like, oh, I get to walk you through this. Hey, I have a word for you, mm -hmm. but I get to be here as the word unfolds. Yeah. That's always awesome. There was a season I went to a church and the Holy Spirit dropped. It was a, um, gosh, I don't know, Church of God or something like yeah. that. Holy Spirit dropped yeah. in. The church split the next day. <laughs> <laughs> Literally half the church left. Yeah. Uh, and I, we're out. Yes. <laughs> and I went, I went and spent the next, I don't know, three years, three, four years mm -hmm. just attending this church, but also, um, but also being very close to the pastors and speaking yeah. into their life. It was one of the most difficult things right. I've had to do. And I realized I knew nothing. Right. Like all the things that I would cruise around the world, be like, pastor, do this and it'll be yeah. good. Try this and it'll be awesome. Yeah, you're like, like, oh, oh you just need to do more outreach. That's why everything's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> like, and oh, I, this isn't working out. Yeah. And I realized that I had no idea what I was doing. I yeah. shouldn't be a pastor. Uh, Amen. Yeah. Like that's why my role is very specific because in all honesty, <laughs> I should not be pastoring people. It really is the part, the role that we actually got, which is awesome is, um, we're, we're head of design. You say we, it's you it's and Nikki your wife. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we basically, our goal is to empower people. So I'm not even leading worship at the church. Mm -hmm. I'm not like the main speaker. Is I'm that not hard? The, no, no, no. It's actually beautiful because okay. it destroys competition. So now I'm not competing with the guy who's actually in charge. Because usually it's like, oh, the people in charge need to get right. a good, got to be around them, right, right. make sure it's good. Well, for me, I'm like, I'm not even leading. So 
There's no competition. It's all family. Mm -hmm. So we're kind of building it a little different just to try it. We're not saying yeah. it's the way to do it. We're just like, hey, let's try something different. I'm not going to lead at all. If I need to lead, I'll go do a trip. And if I'm like feeling like a little tug, I can go to the places I'm called to. Yeah. And that's great. And here I can pour into these seven, eight worship leaders right. and pour into the musicians without feeling like there's any competition with the guy who's actually putting the vision together. Because now the vision doesn't actually benefit me at all. Yeah. Because I'm not benefiting from how often somebody leads or what songs get sung. Yeah. You know, because now I can I can actually like help them all write and birth all these songs. And I don't benefit it from at it from it at all because I'm helping them do it for theirs. Yeah. Which is way more fun. It feels way more like that family fatherly thing where I'm like, dude, your song is That's sick. Awesome. You guys should sing it next week. So now it's like this guy wrote it, but these guys get to sing it next week. And we're trying to figure out all those dynamics. And How old are you now? I am officially 40. God. So you've, you've made the crossover. So you've, I've, I'm over. you've entered, you've entered into a whole new season yeah. just with age, with authority, with yeah. fathering. Well, this is, I'm been in, in full-time ministry for 21 years this year. My God. Yeah. Two, I've crossed over two decades of like Dude, what year did you start? 98? Yep, 98. I was 99. Yeah. So I'll, I'll be hitting my golden 20 this that's year. That's it. And Come so on. I'm like, wow, this is crazy. You know, like this has been, it really has been, the assignment has changed, but the totally, calling hasn't. Totally. You know, and so it's like what the Lord told me in a Baptist church at 18, like I've seen. I've actually been able to watch this yeah. thing unfold for 20 years. You know, like you're going to write the songs the whole world will sing. Yeah. And I'm watching it. And I'm entering into a whole new prophetic season yeah. even. Like I got a word just this last weekend from David Wagner. Like that was dude. like, and like, dude. Wag's going to be on in a couple yeah, weeks. Dude, he blew my, like, yeah, he's coming up here. going to hang out too. And I'm like, we should all hang out. But when he's up yeah. here, we should all hang out. Yeah. And like, uh, it was just like, oh, I'm into, like all of a sudden the words are different now. Do you know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. Because it's like all of a sudden, like there was a few years where I haven't gotten prophetic words at all. Like in the sense of like, I'm living from what he gave me, the assignment I'm in, the family stuff, those mm -hmm. pieces. And all of a sudden, I'm just noticing it. It's just, oh, like I'm getting new prophetic words. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting like new storylines yeah. are starting right now. Yeah. And I'm like, wow. Yeah. What what does this look like in another 20 years? Yeah. Cause like it really it becomes more about I actually do want to end well. Yeah. And I want my kids to be set up, you know? I we, we I want to make sure I honor your time. Yeah. I have a couple more quick questions. What time is it? Yeah, I got to bail in just a minute, but yeah. we can do a couple do you, more. Okay, honestly, yeah. hand to God, do you miss, because I know you're still doing some of this stuff, do you miss the consistency of standing in an arena and worshiping with 50,000 people, 30,000 people? Honestly, honestly. I would honestly say no, and here's why. Seriously? Yeah, and here's why. Okay. Um, There's way less freedom in an arena with like schedules and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. Now, my only qualifier to say no, like the part I would, the piece I would miss, the one place I would miss is I actually love what Awakening Europe is doing. And Ben Fitzgerald- Which is, you're a part of. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's the one piece, but I I don't, but I, I'm saying that because I don't really miss it because I don't like, I wouldn't miss it because of the arena part. Mm -hmm. There, I don't know if I've met a leader like Ben before. Like in the genuine sense. That is sense, a very accurate statement. Like in the sense that yeah. he, like loads of people are like, yeah, man, we don't care. We just want the presence. Right, and I'm right. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And I'm like, I watch it play out and it's like, yeah, I know that's what you want, but it just, you, there's a lot of control and there's a lot of like scary stuff. Cause when you're mm -hmm. leading a freaking stadium, that's scary. Yeah. Terrifying. Yeah. Bills on you. Like well, who's going to pay yeah. for this? All that stuff. So there's all these kind of non-agendas that have to take place. With Ben, he legit don't care. Yeah. Like, I have sat on stage with Ben for 
40 minutes where he's like, no, no, nobody touched the mic. We're just going to, there's something happening. Well, let's just yeah. wait to see what the Lord does. And I'm like, this is legit my favorite thing I've yeah. ever been a part of. Yeah. And so for me, I, that's why I love that for that reason. But for me, I have wait, like I was in P Pismo with our friends, with mm -hmm. Marcus Cheryl Perry yeah, this yeah, weekend. Yeah. Oh my God. I Very would do great. that way of, over an arena any day of the week. Wow. Because it's like, these are my friends. Yeah. And this, these guys that are playing with me, I love, like, we're just like, we are legitimately taking ground in this room and we can lead for two hours. And then David's going to get up and prophesy and right. Tari's going right. to run into the room and right. do whatever Mel does. Right. Cheryl and Mark are going to cry and hug people. Right. And I'm like, dude, this to me, oh, I would take, I will take that yeah. over an arena I every day of the week. Every day of the week. Do you see a shift taking place in present stuff like where you, I, I don't know, but we were both affected by like power meetings, right? Yeah. Like, do you, I feel, I see a little bit of a shift away from that where oh, yeah. there's a little bit more control, a little bit more figuring out. Yeah. And those meetings, those times in Mozambique, you know, those times with Heidi, the raw. Yeah. Do you, do you see that changing as you travel, as you preach, as you're pastoring now? Yeah, yeah. And oh, how, for how sure. are you navigating that? Well, I feel like we have to recognize the difference between power and authority. So I mm -hmm. think that there's a degree where he releases his power. Now I'm, again, like, I'm just giving my two cents on it. It's like, I think he like releases power. And then those people that are humble and hungry that weren't just looking for the good meeting, right. he starts to put authority on them. And what we're seeing right now is that manifest of authority for people to start building the things that will, that will, uh, that will carry through the next move, whatever mm -hmm. that looks like. I, we, I, you know, I have my vision, my version of like going, I believe it's family. I believe he's calling people home. I believe that we need specific kinds of authority to go home, a different kind of authority to go home than the revelation of power that we need to do to run meetings. Yep. And so I feel like there's this authority that's coming on us because he's going to do something with our kids. Like a lot of, yep. a lot of young people right now getting stirred up and empowered and covered mm -hmm. so that they know they're safe. Um, this whole last season was not about safety. It was definitely about just we're gone. Right. You right, know, and I right. think that the Lord's doing a fathering, a pastoring, uh, covering thing. And I think for me, I'm just trying to make sure in the meetings, even when there is great displays of power, like we've seen it, you're still seeing it. Um, where I think what he's doing in the end is he's looking for the one person who gets it. So I'm always looking for the one person or the two people that are getting it in a way that nobody else is getting it. Yeah. Cause he's looking for leaders to lead right now. He's looking for moms and dads in the midst of his presence coming in powerful ways. Yeah to I'm looking for them. And so I think a lot of what we all should be looking for really, especially with a lot of people who have, have 20 years history, 30 years history with the Lord, right. it's like, we need to start looking for the ones or the twos and we need to go in the midst of the power falling. Where's the person that God's actually, this is, this is, a, this is more than a meeting for them. Right. This, everything is changing for them in the way it changed for me yeah. when I was 20. Uh, and then again, when I was, you know, guy 30 years old um you know or 28 years old and i want to find those people now right and i want to focus on them so for me it, it went from like let's go the big explosion kick the door down to like right. okay let's pay attention to who is god touching and am i supposed to be a part of that storyline come on am i supposed to be up am i supposed to partner with their narrative for a handful of years to make sure they don't get distracted yeah and if so, what does that look like for us as a ministry, us as a family yeah. and in that meeting specifically, how do I connect? Come you on. know, so I love that. Well, listen, Jake, you've given more, more time. We, we're we're going to have to do this again. 100%. Oh, if you know, anytime, please. Yeah. And I'd love to get you and your wife in. Oh, I, she's a blast. Nikki's more than a blast. She's spectacular. Oh, she's so fun. I, I, uh, I travel the world as do you. Yeah. Uh, but as I go around, I've never heard anybody say anything bad about you. 
Oh, uh, you are an amazing man, an amazing friend. Thank I you. love you. Love your family. Love your wife. Love your kids. Even though one of them is just freakishly tall. <laughs> we feel the same way about your kids. And even when they do hit their growth, spurt, <laughs> we'll feel the same way. <laughs> oh, oh, I almost forgot. Listen, I brought you something. You are a man of the finer things of life. <sighs> is this your honey? This is first harvest. So oh, I, I present you. I literally had this conversation <laughs> with Nikki. I'm like, I'm like. I want that honey. So you, you got have it. no idea. You can how have much as I much love. as you want. That's just a starter, a starter jar. First fruits. I'm serious. This is like the best gift you could give <laughs> me. It's really good. Too. I cannot wait. So, so use it, abuse it. I will. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. Thank love you. you. Love you, Jake. Thanks for coming love in. You. Love you guys. And uh, yeah. Thanks everybody for watching uh, this, this episode of the green room with Jake Hamilton. Uh, we love you, man. Love it's so time. good to have you. You're, you're definitely a friend of the house. So love you guys. If you like this, share it, like it, subscribe, do all the things that you know you should do, or the things that other really professional people tell you to do at the end of a video, do those things. <laughs> do all of them. I'm not one of those, but do those things. We love you guys. Thanks for watching. And, uh, thanks for coming in, Jake. Thanks. Boom. Do we want to do an intro? Cause we didn't. <laughs>